I'm Liz Elko and this is The Elastic Brand. Today's show is kindly sponsored by With Jack. With Jack exists to help keep you in business by supporting you financially or legally if you have problems with a client. With Jack is all about people like us, the designers, developers, illustrators and all-round web pros that haven't been given the insurance answer they deserve. Here's a situation that With Jack recently helped out with. A developer delivered work late and the client refused to pay their invoice as well as claimed loss of income for the delayed project. Their professional indemnity insurance covered their unpaid invoice under the mitigation costs clause and provided lawyers to defuse the situation with the client. With Jack champions one policy for one group of professionals. With zero cancellation fees and monthly plans, you have complete control over your insurance. Visit withjack.co.uk and be a confident freelancer. My guest on today's show is Max Atignon. Max is the co-founder of Ragged Edge, a branding agency based in London. They help their clients achieve the improbable by creating innovative and game-changing brands. They work with industry leaders such as Grey Goose and Google, as well as fast-scaling businesses such as Bulb Energy and the e-scooter company Wind. Welcome to the show, Max. Hi, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for being on here. So um, Ragged Edge is one of my favorite branding agencies. I just think your work is exceptional and it's always so inspiring. Um, and I'm always jumping on there to see what your latest projects have been. Um, can you give us a little potted history as to how Ragged Edge came into being? Yeah, of course. Um, so um, we've been around nearly 12 years now. Um, so um, you forgive me if my memory is a little bit hazy about how we started. <laughs> but um, we, um, So I used to work um, in advertising. Um, and I got a bit of disillusioned. I only spent a, about 18 months working in advertising mm-hmm. and I got a little bit uh, disillusioned. Um, I was working on a, um, a credit card brand uh, that was encouraging people to get into debt. Oh, wow. Um, which um, I wasn't <laughs> overly comfortable with. No. Um, and what I realized really early on is that with advertising, um, unless you've got a really strong brands to lean back on um you end up just looking for quick fix and just anything will do just to get people um over the line and get people Mm -hmm. to sign up or um engage with your product but if there's a really strong brand behind it the advertising then becomes so much more compelling and so much more powerful uh, Mm -hmm. and um lots uh, a lot more um meaningful so um i started to um uh, sort of move into branding um that was my ambition and um I, I met my co-founder matt uh who he had a very different um background from me he was actually from a more technical background mm. uh, and together we started to sort of come up with this idea for this agency that um would work with brands that we really believed in yeah uh, and brands that we were really excited by um, so hopefully not trying to encourage people to get into debt frivolously yeah. um, and um, build brands that would help people change the world in small ways uh, and big ways. Yeah. And that was always our intention. Um, as anybody who's started an agency, 
or um, run any kind of business would know it doesn't always uh, go as smoothly as you would want to and um, you're not always doing the exact kind of work um, you want to be doing all the times but we always had that vision in our minds Uh, and over the past well 12 years I suppose we've got closer and closer to the kind of business that we envisaged Um, and um, we're now a team of uh, 37 of us all based in one studio in London which for us is really important yeah and we have a range of clients that we're really proud of and we really believe in uh, and are all trying to um, create change in all sorts of different ways Uh, we're working with everything from uh, a a company that does uh, neural interfaces so helping your brain talk to physical things yeah. Uh, through to a satellite company, through to um, people that are actually helping. Um, so a company called Salary Finance that helps people get out of debt. So yeah. the, the um, opposite, opposite of what I've been beforehand. <laughs> yeah. um, so amazing variety, but all with that single-minded um, kind of, we call it a change maker yeah. uh, approach. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, it must make turning up for work every day so exciting. Yeah, it's great because you just never know what's going to happen. Um, and you're always meeting interesting people and um, you're always learning. Yeah, it's great that you've got such a diversity of, of different clients on your portfolio as well. Because I think some agencies end up sort of just working with the same kind of clients because they've done it once really, really well. That kind of type of client or that industry keeps coming back to them. And uh, it's great that you've got such a kind of vast yeah. you know, variety in your clients. It's really we, we've really had to work at it. Yeah. Um, so for example, uh, one of our first clients, we were incredibly lucky, but one of our first clients was Greg East Vodka. Yeah. Um, and, um, having those guys from early on was a, a massive help for us because they're a big brand. They were launching yeah. in the UK for the first time. Um, and it, it was a sort of amazing platform for us. Um, but the downside of something like that is that you can quite easily get pigeonholed. Mm. And um, people started to see us uh, for a bit as kind of like a drinks agency. Yeah. And lots of other spirits brands wanted to work with us. But we kind of, as I've explained, we had a sort of slightly different vision for the company. And it's brilliant working with drinks brands, but we didn't ever want to get pigeonholed. Yeah. We really had to fight not to. Yeah, uh, that, that takes really some bravery, good. actually, doesn't it? Because when you're kind of a, a young agency and you're, you know, you want to make the the dollar um you know when clients are coming to you it's very hard to say actually you know we want to work with someone different so it takes some real guts to do that yeah and I suppose it wasn't it was never us necessarily saying no to more drinks work but it was actively developing the other side of the business and looking to work with um different brands and and that I don't know if it was brave but it was certainly difficult yeah yeah Amazing. One of the really exciting brands that you work with um, is Bulb Energy. And Bulb provides, I think, sort of affordable, renewable energy to, to UK households. Mm. Um, and they're really exciting kind of an entrance into that market. Um, how did how did you first get involved with the project with Bulb? Um, like so many um, projects that we work with, it it's often starts with a bit of chance. And um, in this case, they were based out of a um, really sort of innovative co-working space called Second Home. And um, we knew the, I think it was the membership coordinator or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and he introduced us. So he was a, he was a mutual friend uh, and we got an introduction through that. 
so it was very lucky yeah um but I think I found over the course of of our time that like that network and you know knowing lots and lots of people and having a sort of decent reputation is just so valuable and it yeah. does create these lovely little um opportunities yeah so Amit and Hayden the founders um it's quite a bold move of them right at the beginning to kind of go to, you know, such a, a sort of well-known branding agency. Were they aware right from the start about how important it was for them to get their brand right? Yeah, absolutely. They So those guys are amazing. Um, and when we talk about change makers, um, we always use them as an example because what they had right from the beginning was a real clarity about what they wanted to yeah. achieve. Uh, and they kind of knew what they didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they had always had a plan about how to get there. Mm. Uh, and as, as you say, brand was really fundamental to what they were doing. Um, I So right from the beginning, for example, even from the sort of point of uh, the name, they really knew they wanted to do something different yeah. uh, and break the rules and break the mold. They were doing something different from a business point of view, but they knew that to really get that message out there, they needed to do something different mm. from a brand point of view as well. Were you involved in the naming of the company? Because bold, I hate the word, I hate the word, but it's got a good mouth feel, hasn't it? Um, it sounds, I always think it sounds gross when people say that, but the word bulb just like, it's nice to say. Were you involved right. in that part of it? I thought you meant you hated the word bulb. No, no, I love the word bulb. I, okay. well, I hate the word mouthfeel or the Maybe, word mouthfeel. Yeah. It's gross, isn't it? It's like, well, but, yeah. um, but no, the word bulb is, is a, a, a lovely word and sort of has a nice mouthfeel to it. Were you involved with that? Yeah, we were. So um, when they came to us, they had a kind of holding name. Yeah. Uh, so they described themselves as, as simple energy, mm-hmm. which was a bit of a statement of intent in, yeah. in terms of what they were trying to do. Um, but they knew they wanted something that was a bit more um, evocative uh, and conjured up a bit more emotion. And um, I think that the way you've described Bulb with the mouthfeel, I think that's that kind of stuff is really important. And they were really aware of that at the beginning. Um, so when whenever we do a naming process, um, what, we, what we would always do before that is um, the strategic process and trying to build uh, a really single-minded idea for what that brand Mm. stands for uh, internally and externally Uh, and for us that should drive everything it should drive the company's culture Uh, it should drive the company's um, product development how they hire people Mm -hmm. the type of person they're looking for um, as well as all the external stuff like naming and identity um, and comms and things like that Um, so for us, we, we work with those guys and we came up with this, this idea uh, of positive energy. Uh, and for us, positive energy was really distinct in the category. So you had the kind of big six incumbents mm-hmm. who were, um, although they did energy, they were kind of anything but positive in terms of people's experiences yeah. on them. Um, it was really true to Hayden and Amit's founding intention. Those guys are... Um, the personification of, of positive energy, yeah. really. They're amazing, just, just really inspiring people to be around. Um, but it was also really true to, or really relevant to the audience at the time. Mm. So what we were trying to do together was build a, a brand, and it sounds kind of quite outdated now to say this, but we were trying to build a brand for millennials mm. um, and a younger audience who were looking for brands that 
not only they could identify with, but who they felt were kind of going to be part of a positive change yeah. in the world. Uh, and so that idea was really rooted in in, in, in that as well. Yeah. Um, and so you are, sorry, it's a long winded answer, okay. but you asked about how we got to the name. So when we'd uh, agreed on the, this idea, this brand idea, uh, and the kind of values and personality traits that would drive that, um, that was a really good brief for the name. Yeah. And they were very clear right from the beginning. And, and, and we came up with this kind of strategy that all the incumbents had very descriptive names. So if you think about Scottish Power or British Gas yeah. or N Power, like all of the big six, um, they're very functional. They describe what they do. Yeah. Whereas I think with Bulb, we, we wanted to be a bit bolder than that uh, and capture a bit more emotion and capture a bit more feeling uh, to stand out. Um, and we went through tons and tons of names. I think we did, maybe did three rounds of, of shortlists. And weirdly, Bulb came up fairly early on. Um, but as is so often the difficulty with names, it's hard, it's really hard to pick one. And the more, um, the more you f- go through the process, the more it's hard to separate the, to, it, that initial kind of idea and then you kind of go over it and you go, and then it becomes almost meaningless, doesn't it? And it's so, it's, yeah. it's so hard to like say, oh, that was that was the one. Yeah, exactly. And it, I mean, exactly that. And actually we were trying to, I think when we presented Bulb as one of the options um, at the beginning, um, it was almost seen as not bold enough yeah. <laughs> because it was, it was too rooted in energy. Um, but actually on reflection, uh, we kind of represented it. Um, and, um, they, they saw the value in it and it had a chance to sink in. And what they did actually is they put, I think it was three names. Um, I forget the other two, which is awful. I should remember, but they put three names, um, out to their community. So one thing that uh, the guys were really keen to do was build yeah, a community. I love that. Uh, and they, 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 to this day, they call their customers members yeah. and they treat them like members too. Um, and they wanted those guys to be part of the decision-making process as well. So um, they did put those three names to the community and ask for their That's opinions. amazing. So a bit of, uh, and, bit of A-B testing kind of thing with that. And yeah. Yeah. And I think it was, it was less about A-B testing and and, and more about just what do you think? <laughs> living up to the, yeah, just living up to their, their, um, their values yeah. uh, and making sure that they built a company. So all the other big energy companies had built that the businesses had been built um, for shareholders. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas what Bulb wanted to do was build um, a company for their yeah. customers. Uh, and so putting out the, the name and giving the, the customers a chance to feed back on it um, was just a really good um, way of, of bringing their sort of founding intention to life. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you mentioned that um, the company culture was such a big part um, at the beginning when they were kind of establishing values and stuff, because mm. I just think so many companies don't bother looking at that. It just kind of happens. Um, but it's such a, a major part of a brand is how... because. Uh, I always think like um, your company culture feeds through to your your customers as well. They they find out if the culture is yeah. not great within the organization, they always find out about it and um, it can really color their view, can't it? So I think it's so amazing that they did that um, right yeah, at the beginning. They, yeah, absolutely. They were really enlightened. And, and very often we, um, when we're speaking to new clients, so we really believe that a brand is, 
an idea. Yeah. Um, it's not a set of assets mm. and logos and typefaces and things. It's a feeling yeah. and an idea of, and like the Jeff Bezos quote about um, what people say about you when you're not in the yeah. room. I really buy into that. And the only way you're going to create that is by embedding it in culture uh, and really living it um, and being really consistent internally and externally. And uh, to those guys' credit, they they didn't need any persuading on that front. They um, that, that, that was their intention from the beginning. Yeah, amazing. Um, I read a quote um, by Hayden um, he said you took a digital first approach to the branding, which I found so exciting. I've actually written about this um, previously mm-hmm. because I've always thought um, sort of with um, with how we, you know, with, with what brands need to do in the present present day, we need to be looking at the digital um, first. And, and I think so many brands, the digital is an afterthought. Um, and it, it, it shows, you know, it's sort of like, oh, we'll do a website now. Um, but mm. it needs to be, um, you know, it's integral right from the beginning. How is that something you just did for this project or do you do that on most projects? Is it a project by project basis? And and what does what did that look like within the project? Uh, yeah. So for me, obviously, digital is particularly with this yeah. type of brand. Um, digital is, is fundamental. Um, I think we we sort of don't it's funny we don't really use that term anymore digital first because we just think that yeah. digital comes through everything yeah it should be um, and the, yeah absolutely absolutely but in the case of bulb when we were thinking about it obviously what we were thinking that the sort of core applications um were always going to be digital ones uh, and the way they went to market they weren't at least at the beginning, going to have big budgets to do comms campaigns and outdoor and print and things like that. Um, so most of their new customers would be acquired mm-hmm. online, uh, and the the broad sort of ninety nine percent of the customer experience would be delivered either through the the product, the app, um, or through the bill or all digital means. So it would have been crazy um, to, not to think about digital right from the beginning. And so I think we, um, the first thing we actually designed for them was an energy statement, which isn't a particularly sexy application. <laughs> um, it probably would have been more fun to design a you know, nice sort of out-of-home poster or something like that. But actually, um, the fact that it could work and the fact that it could be communicative uh, on a digital bill um, gave us a really strong sense that it was going to work uh, elsewhere uh, as well. Amazing. Can you give me, this is a broad and sweeping question, but what's the <laughs> process behind a project like Bulb at Ragged Edge? And I'm sure that's on a client-by-client basis and, and stuff, but um, do you have a kind of process that you generally try to adhere to? Yeah, we do. And actually, um, we try and keep the process consistent. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't actually vary that much. Um, and that, for us, that's really important because we've, over the past 12 years, we've refined and refined and refined. And we've we found a framework that we know can deliver results. And we talk about it as de-risking bravery. Um, so trying to, we want to deliver, well, we really believe that particularly with these kind of change maker brands, so brands like Bulb, uh, brands like Wind, which you, you yeah. already mentioned, um, to cut through, um, particularly when there's lots of kind of established category incumbents, uh, like the big six in yeah. Bob's case, you really need to be brave. Uh, and you really need to do something different and distinct. Uh, and that's quite scary. 
Um, and so we've kind of tried to build a process that is really collaborative, uh, that has strategy running through the heart of it. Uh, and so every decision feels rational um, and clearly thought through. And we're not just jumping around and, and, and making decisions willy nilly. It is all all rooted in strategy, but also all rooted in collaboration with the client. So like most, uh, I don't know how much detail you want here, but like most um, most agencies, we would, we would always start with a strategy. We have a strategy phase. And so much of what we're looking to do here is obviously really understand yeah. the audience. Um, but just as importantly as that is like, think about what we can learn from outside of the yeah. category, uh, and look at other brands in other categories and what they're doing and what, what can we take from that? That's going to, that we can then bring into the energy category that can bring something different. Uh, and then again, in the creative phase, um, we do a lot of that as well. And lots of rough ideas. We try to think much less about logos and yeah. typefaces and things and more about ideas so the first bit once we've got the strategy nice and clear the first bit of the creative phase uh, and in bulb's case once we had the name um agreed as well is 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 all about trying to create different ideas um and so it's not just sketching out hundreds and hundreds of logos it's more about what are the different ways we could bring this idea positive energy to life and the way we try and keep that um, a bit more conceptual is we have writers, strategists, and designers working together. So a bit like in um, advertising, uh, where the, it, you tend to have an um, art director and a writer as a creative yeah. team. And I think that's really effective and that, that they obviously do that for a reason is because you get much richer ideas when you have those guys working yeah, together. absolutely. Um, and so that's what we're always trying to do is just create those really rich ideas that can then scale into a logo, a typeface, a tone of voice, um, a name, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and then as you get further through the process, you get more and more specific and more and more execution. Yeah. And having that kind of strong, strong idea feeding through everything just takes away the guesswork for any anybody involved and for it kind of sets a path for the direction that the project is going to go in I guess 100% yeah 100% um it's um that we feel we think that's really important and we just for for me brands need to be really really simple and really really clear and the only way you can do that is if everything is pulling in the same direction Uh, and so you want the, you know, the internal brand, the culture and all the things you've talked about to be really, really consistent with the visual brand, which is really consistent with mm-hmm. the tone of voice, which is really consistent with the, um, how you interact with it online and, and so on. And, and it so just forth. makes scaling up then so much more easy for the company as it grows, because it's just got such a clear path then, I think, hasn't it? Um, when you've, you've got that definitely, path. definitely. Um, I always say that like um, complexity is the enemy of yeah. change. So mm. the more complex you make it. And, and, and I think Bob's such a great example of that because um, so to this day, I'll tell a little story actually, which is quite, um, quite funny. So we, um, we went to see um, the, the new CMO of, of, of Bob, um, a chap called Russell Davies. Um, and um, I, there are a few things that we thought we could build into the identity yeah 
um, that we thought could help develop. And, you know, they've had it now for five years, I think. So there were a few just little refinements and tweaks we thought we could make. Uh, and he listened sort of really respectfully and was really engaged and really warm. But at the end of it, he said, look, we're not changing it. <laughs> um, it's working really well. Everyone's completely bought into it. Um, why, why would we change it? We don't need to. Um, and I think that was just, even though <laughs> at the time it was actually quite annoying <laughs> um, because there are things yeah. we thought we could do to make it better. But it, it, I think that's a real testament to the work yeah. that um, you have something that's just, it's just, it is, you know, the visual brand and the verbal brand. Company. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what brands should aspire to. And they, you know, if they're done really, really well, you shouldn't really have to change them, mm. at least the, the core elements. Absolutely. And can you explain kind of the vision behind the final branding? It's so distinctive. The colours are so different to anything else within the industry. Um, the kind of typographical choices that you've made, um, the photography that you use, illustrations, it's so different. Can you kind of um, briefly <laughs> encapsulate your vision behind the final brand? Yeah. So everything comes from that idea of positive energy. But equally, what we were, we were really conscious of is, and I'm glad that this shows, but um, is standing out and doing something really distinct and really signaling that um, Bulb and Hayden and Amit and their team were setting out to do something really fundamentally different. Um, so you mentioned colour. For me, I always... Um, for me, colour is one of the most important assets a brand has. Uh, and the way your brain works, you almost you process colour before you process shape or meaning or anything else. So it's more important for me, it's more important than a logo. Um, so when we were thinking about colour with Bulb, the ov- kind of the obvious option would be to go green because at, the, at that point in time, their real point of difference or one of their key point of differences anyway was that the, the energy was clean, energy. But we knew and early on that um, if we did that, that was something that other people were going to catch up. And of co- kind of our SU was, of course, we're green. Every energy, yeah. every energy company can be green. So what we tried to do was think bigger than that and think, actually, what is, what is the emotional heart of this brand rather than what is the functional heart of this brand? And so for us, when we chose pink, um, there was a really strategic reason, which was or really functional reason, which is that no other energy company was pink. But also for us, pink was a signal of change because up until um, that time, pink had been so kind of embedded in identity. Um, and, you know, you can't have a, a brand that's for everyone that's pink because pink is for um, <laughs> <Yes>. girls. <laughs> um, and obviously that's yeah. changed now. Uh, and so launching a brand at that time um, that was pink felt like a real signal of we are for a new generation of people who have cast aside all the rules of their um, parents' generations and are thinking really differently. And so we tried to bring that through every element of the brand and every choice that we made from a brand point of view, even down to silly things like the... um, the super graphic so we built this sort of based on the logo we built this kind of swoosh almost and the temptation we were looking around at all the other sort of tech brands at the time and everything looked super slick and super polished and we were really determined to keep that graphic 
that they they continue to yeah. use to this day, feeling really hand drawn and really yeah. human and and actually like a, like a paint swish almost, isn't it? Yeah, and it it, it literally yeah. was. So we um we painted it on our on the floor of our studio, uh, massive, and um. It was, yeah, it was, we, we had hundreds and hundreds of goes. Uh, my versions weren't good <laughs> enough. I, I did have a go. But our creative director, Luke, I think had to, had to redo it. Um, mine were a bit too imperfect. Um, so, um, but having that sense of imperfection and having that sense that the real person had created it and it wasn't just created using kind of vectors in Illustrator or whatever. Uh, that was really that kind of feeds through to the photography as well, I think, doesn't it? I love that they have, I think it's on the homepage of the site, um, you know, people within their call set, people people working for them. They're not hidden away mm. like, oh, just a person at the end of a chat or a person at the end of the phone. Like they're, the, the ph- photography just feels really natural and like not posed and just kind of fun and energized, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I think you've hit on something really important, which is one of the amazing things about Bulb is that you can pick up the phone and, talk to someone and I remember um hearing from I think Hayden uh, earlier early on that his plan was actually by training people to answer all of the questions that you would need to answer that was going to be much more efficient than having lots and lots of different people who you would get passed through to for specific yeah. tasks so actually now when you call Bull uh, and you pick up the phone and you get someone on the other end of the phone uh, who will solve your problems uh, and they're you know they're really energized and it's so important that's such an important part of the brand that it's really important to bring that to life through um in the photography as you say i love it it's full of energy which is i guess what you were hoping <laughs> to achieve everything's full of energy the the kind of identity the swishes the photography the um illustration it's just beautiful i'm blushing (laughs) (laughs) no i i genuinely love it and i'm always holding up as an example of um how to do it properly um even with sort of small i obviously work on a much smaller scale than you do with clients with you know smaller budgets and things but i'm Mm. always saying like you might have a small budget and stuff but branding is such an important part and generally say look at you know you need to look at bulb um to see what a difference that can make um because if you get that right from the start it's the difference between success and and failure um absolutely yeah bulb is such a good example and 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 by the way i think what's important to to say is this is the success of so we delivered the the initial the name and the identity um but really the success of the brand comes down to just that relentless consistency of implementation. And that comes from the team at Bulb. Uh, and they've been so, that sense of brand and the importance of delivering a consistent, coherent, like emotionally led brand, that is so embedded in that business. Uh, and that's that's really important. So when you're an agency as we are, like it's so great to have somebody like that um who's really going to live it and who really understands that it can be the difference between success and failure yeah and that that strong incredibly unique brand that you've you've created and they've created with you I guess has been the secret to Bulb's success in quite an ambivalent industry really isn't it it was it was quite vanilla was the industry and this kind of shot (laughs) yeah no one 
no terrible one cared. reputation. Yeah, no one cared about their energy. Um, they kind of just thought about it as a tax, something they had to pay. Um, and it, they knew that every interaction with their energy company was probably going to be a bit painful, but they just sort of didn't think about it. Um, and I think what the sort of testament to the brand, so brand has really been a driver of Bulb's growth. And um, I think they, so whenever we're making an argument for the importance of brand, Bulb is such a good, a good one because they, um, when we met them, uh, it was just two people. Uh, and now I think um, they're sort of 400 plus people. Uh, in the first four years, um, they went from zero revenue through to a billion pounds in revenue wow. uh, in four years. That's um, and they, I think they now, well, in within that time, they got to 1.3 million customers. Mm. I think they've got quite a few more now. Um, and that that is the power of brand. And, all, and so much of that was driven by recommendation mm. and peer-to-peer, people recommending Bulb to other people. Mm. And can you imagine um, four years ago, people recommending British gas to their friends and talking about Absolutely it. It's <laughs> yeah. probably normally what was, what was yeah, said, exactly. horror stories or, you know, something was generally what was said. Absolutely. And so the, the success of Bulb and I think Monzo is another really good example of that, of creating a brand that people really feel part of yeah, and really feel some ownership of. I love the transparency of Monzo's founder story. Um, I kind of feel they're always pretty transparent about everything very similar to bulb um mm. and and bulb did, i love that bulb shared their their design system on the website and things like that um yeah, sort of something that mailchimp chimp do as well which i really feel adds another kind of ownership um for the customers to to the brand um do you was that consciously part of it right from the beginning was that something that you came up with or were the the, the founders fully on board with that kind of tra- transparency right from the start? Um, they, It was part of their founding intention. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we can take credit for that, really. Um, mm-hmm. They, It was one of the ways that they wanted to um, disrupt the market, and they saw that, you know, the opaqueness and the everything down to the complexity of how you buy energy and, like, what the hell even is a kilowatt and what does it mean and, yeah. you know... How many times can I, how many kilowatts do I need to boil a kettle? I still have no idea. (laughs) Um, And um, they wanted to take that complexity out of the industry and take that uh, opacity out of the industry. And so transparency was fundamental to that. And so, yes, you see it in the design system, but you also see it in every other part of the business too. It just builds trust between customers and a brand, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you can do it, um, there's sort of some fairly extreme examples out there, aren't they? So uh, brands like, I don't know if you know, Everlane uh, yeah. in the US who yes. pioneered this idea of kind of radical transparency mm. uh, and to sort of explain why their clothes were cheaper than everybody else. They would they broke down exactly what the costs were and even how much profit they made. And people really respond to that. And I think it can be a big challenge to to sell that. I think to to founders and and business and fledgling business owners and established mm. business owners as well, and get them to kind of step out of their com- comfort zone and em- embrace that transparency and those disruptive ideas, like like you did with Bulb. Um, and how how can we 
not educate them, that's the wrong word, but how mm-hmm. can we assist them in seeing the benefits of, of this and the impact that it'll have on their overall success? I mean, I tend to use Bulb as an example with my clients, but, you know, you still, it's still, um, I still sometimes get the reaction, like, I don't want to spend that money at this time. I need to put it into something else. And even though I'm saying to them, the brand, you know, the brand is, could be the thing yeah. that makes it appraise it. How can we, how can we get that across? <laughs> it, it is really hard. Um, and I think there are some, some people just don't believe in brand. <laughs> and um, I think what I've learned is often you're just not going to be able to change their mind. Um, so for me, um, as frustrating as this probably is, but it's about finding those people who are open to, um, open to that belief that brand can actually drive their business, uh, and a bit more open-minded and working with people who, uh, doesn't mean they, <clears throat> you won't need them to, won't need to persuade them of things, but people who are open to it. Uh, and you have that sense of open-mindedness and the work as a result will be so much better as a result of that. Mm. Um, Yeah, it's about finding the right people to work with and finding businesses like um, Hayden and Amit with Bulb uh, and I could name, you know, any number of our other clients. Um, We also meet lots of people who, when it comes down to it and we we, we meet with them and they, they just don't have, they see brand as a layer sort of marketing layer and the kind of fluffy the fluffy stuff or whatever mm-hmm. it is yeah um and i i don't it's really hard to change that yeah um although obviously case studies can help and telling those stories um of all those successful you know brands out there uh, who have used brand to completely change markets there's so many examples now yeah yeah, definitely. Um, sometimes it's a bit like beating your head against a brick wall. Right? <laughs> I know. It's so painful. And like you, you've just got to accept that some fights you're yeah. just not going to win. And focus yeah. on people that you, because at the end of the day, you need to do great work. And you, I'm sure you've found this over and over again, right? I bet you your best work has been oh. done with the people that you've felt the best connection with. Absolutely. I had the dream project at the end of last year, which was just a joy from start to finish. Right. They were just so fully engaged, fully on board, fully open to kind of the, the ideas that I was sharing, which was a radical change for them. And it wow. was just, it was a joy from start to finish for, for both of us, I think. I mean, I like I like to think they enjoyed it as well. <laughs> their feedback, their really feedback was, was great. Uh, but then, yeah, I mean, there's other sort of people that, you know, approach approach me on a a, who just are like yeah I need a logo doing um can you do me a brand and what they mean Mm. is can you do me a logo and I think I might have a tattoo I'm gonna get a tattoo done I think which says my a logo logo is not a brand Uh, I seem to spend my entire life saying saying that to to people because I think sort of some sometimes the layer the level like you know the lower lower level of finance that I work with with companies they I think if they get I the logo, that. <laughs> I don't think it's limited to budget. I, no. I think just no idea um, mentality, maybe. Yeah, and we we honestly like we would still every client we would still make that point, and we have a slide that is, you know brand is not identity. Yeah. Uh, and I've I just actually just written a um I just wrote an article um for um computer arts which is all about that. Uh, and all about for, for me, I think 
it's an industry challenge and we we, we are only going to solve that if we sometimes we the industry the branding industry mm. is just as guilty um, mm. as the clients really yeah. because we tend to use the words interchangeably and often we'll be talking about a brand when we mean an identity I had this conversation yesterday with I, was, I did an interview yesterday with a, a, a a brilliant brand designer from um she's based out of um greece she's she runs um a, a italian de- design agency and she said that she now refuses to she will correct a client now when they use the wrong terminology and she <laughs> makes sure that she uses the correct terminology because she said just as you have just done we are as guilty as everybody else at just shortcutting um yeah. to what we mean and using the term brand when it's not appropriate yeah it's um it's really hard, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's an industry challenge and we all need to get better at it. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who call themselves brand designers out there who are identity designers as well, which doesn't yeah. help at all. You know, like, do you need a brand designing? I'll do your stationery and your blah, blah, blah. Mm. And it's like, that's that's not what it is. So, yeah, it's, it's, it is it's a, a challenge. And I think writing such as you're doing, like articles and stuff to kind of address that. And I think speaking and just trying to, because I think, part of the branding agency does get a bit of a bad rap, rap at times like yeah. um, you know sometimes if people are like what do you do and I'm like I'm a brand designer they're like ugh like ugh and I'm like no it's not what you think like what do you think why are you making that reaction so yeah I think there has been a really bad bad reputation maybe out there at times yeah and and, and also using brand to obfuscate the truth as well like you hear lots of you know in the press when somebody's been rebranded it's it's usually accompanied by a bit of a sneer, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and suspicion. Yeah, and also I think there's some brands um, within like the emerging sectors, sort of sustainable brands and stuff that, you know, they're not as sustainable as they're, they're claiming to be and you do a little bit of digging and there's a great big humongous, you know, company behind them who's just cynically jumping on the kind of sustainable uh, cleaning products in a range or something yeah. you know, and it's just a way of getting more more sales really for products that really aren't what they claim to be um I was I was I had to do a bit of research for a client a while back on sort of um sustainable kind of household products right and brands that are out there and it was quite alarming some of oh, the, really? the the ones that you kind of associate with that um are not and who are the leaders? Is it Method? Are they are those guys? Yeah, they're. Um, it's worth having a dig into there. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Um, I will. But um, there's some of these great new, really, you know, much smaller brands that are maybe coming into places like John Lewis um, and stuff that are they're really walking. You know, they're they're walking the walk. Um, but yeah, some of these bigger ones that you you look into, they they're perhaps not they they're doing some good things, but they're perhaps not quite the the go-to the uh, problem solver that they claim to be so yeah it's really interesting it's a really tricky challenge as a as and I'm sure you will it sounds like you've come across this um where if you get clients who you discover that they're actually not doing what they're promising or um and our responsibilities as a sort of industry (laughs) um what do we do there um, and it's it's amazing. Like it's really nice to have all these sort of really strong principles, mm. but sometimes as a business um, owner, it's yeah, exactly. As well, isn't it? I think sometimes I've come across. Um, maybe I've done a little bit of research, and the investor involved. 
I'm not massively keen on how they've mm. come about. And I think it's so great that we have the tools these days to be able to, you know, look at where that investment's come from. And that's really hard, like how the company might be doing a great thing, but they're where they've gone for their investment maybe isn't so great. It's like, where do we draw the yeah. line with our kind of values and stuff around that? It's it's tough. Yeah, it's really tricky. We have these very these conversations all the time and um, when we're particularly when we're speaking to new clients and um it's never cut and dried is it no. it's really hard and i think some clients maybe will take a shortcut to get launched at the beginning they're like we just have to get launched but mm. i always say like that will that will come back to you if you become horrendously successful there mm. will be someone who's dying to write that mm-hmm. piece about you and where you're you actually you know got your investment or who you actually you know paid off so you could get that mark or whatever yeah. it's yeah. a bit terrifying you need to be squeaky clean you do yeah, yeah. you do and, and I think I mean obviously your brand is who you are yeah um so if you're going to create a strong brand um that really need, does need to come from the inside doesn't it and the, and the best brands do you have them? Finally, what brands do you love um, <laughs> slash use that you kind of think are really great? Besides Bulb, obviously. Um, which ones out there are you feeling are walking the walk and talking the talk? Um, so, obviously, there are all sorts of brands that are doing a great job at the moment. I um, I find myself and the guys um, in the studio who, if they hear this, um, they're probably bored of my voice anyway, but if they do end up listening to this, they'll laugh because um, I talk a lot about um, Oatsley, yeah, the um, the oat milk brand. Mm-hmm. Love them. Um, and less from actually less from a kind of like visual identity system point of view, but more about like what they've changed. Mm. Um, and they've been, they've been around. I think they've. This might be wrong, but I think they've been around for about 20 years or something. Really? Quite a long time. That might be wrong, but they've certainly been around for a while. Um, but <clears throat> they look like all the other um, alternative milk brands. And they look very scientific and very cold and um, like sort of fake milk. Mm. <laughs> um, and then recently um, they rebranded and they really thought about what they stood for and really thought about how they were going to create change in the market. Um, and they've created this kind of campaign, which is um, like milk, but for humans, yeah. um, which is such a sort of an amazing idea because it gets people to just really think differently mm-hmm. and kind of reevaluate their choices. Yeah. Um, and but in a really warm, charming, irreverent way, and they've kind of borrowed non judgmental Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you look at the way they communicate, and they've kind of borrowed what Innocent started all those years ago, but added a layer of kind of feistiness to it, and um, a layer of kind of campaigning to it, that has been phenomenally successful. And now you don't. Um, it's almost weird, certainly in <laughs> central London, to ask for you know a, 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 a flat white with yeah. cow milk. Yeah, <laughs> what kind of crazy <laughs> person are you? Yeah, it's, yeah, 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 exactly. And those are the they are the ones that have changed that, and they've made it into you know an alternate alternative milk brand into something that's really cool and really aspirational yeah. and like like what we try to do with Bulb and what Monzo have done, 
a brand that or a category that you just wouldn't have cared about no. and it, in that milk was a commodity i mean if you think about what oat milk is it, it's so boring isn't it you know <laughs> how can you make that exciting but they've managed it and they also do have a great product that's the other the other thing they do have a good product don't they um which makes uh, of course they do yeah yeah they do have a good but uh, to be honest uh, um there are other good yeah. oat milk products yeah. and there are other good alternative milk products but the one that I feel an affinity to um, and the one that I would, I would actually ask, I think for Oatly and I buy Oatly. And um, also a name you'll remember. I mean, I find it hard, I find it hard to name other ones, but I would always remember Oatly. I mean, it's the only thing I have in coffee anyway. I'm such a brat about that. And I remember last um, <laughs> Christmas Waitrose where I live ran out and um, it was like, there was going to be a riot or something. So that's horrific. <laughs> like, how are we going to get through Christmas? um so i mean that's insane isn't it when you think about it what it is yeah crazy it's it's mad oh wow yeah and branding was is so fundamental to that but branding in a different way to you know actually i'm not a a big massive fan of the logo or the design systems a bit all over the place and um so those aren't the things that are exciting about it but the kind of tone the way they communicate and what they stand for is amazing tone of voice and communication is so good Kind of voice, yeah, wow. yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I've enjoyed chatting to you so much, and thank you for sharing so much about the bulb um, project. I know that a lot of people within the industry absolutely love it, and I know it's shared a lot between designers about you know with regards to this is kind of how to do it. Um, I, mm. I did a little search earlier on, and it's it's all over Pinterest. <laughs> people have been pinning <laughs> pinning the uh, branding kind of system everywhere. So yeah, it's it's such a a wonderful piece of work so uh, congratulations on Brilliant. the success well thank you yeah we're really proud of it and um as i say it's it, it's of course we had um you know, we were heavily involved but it it was it that is the ultimate example of a real partnership between um the, the client and the um yeah. the agency and it just shows what's possible when you're all syncing the same uh, song sheet yeah and you get the dream client <laughs> yeah absolutely great well thank you well thanks for having me it's fun to it's really fun to chat about and um i think your, your podcast um brilliant and it's it's so great to um yeah. air these kind of conversations isn't it and um hear a bit more of the depth behind what people are doing and how they're thinking it's it's great for the industry we all need to be talking about branding more and in more positive terms i think absolutely <laughs> Sadly, that's all we have time for today. A huge thank you to Max for being a guest on today's show. It was so interesting to chat to him. There'll be show notes and links to everything we discussed on the episode page of the website, theelasticbrand.com. And you can also find us on Twitter, at ElasticBrandPod. Bye.